0: Hey brother, welcome back. Hello brother, good to be back. Welcome to season eight, episode four of Matchwits. I'm your host Steve, alongside my young padawan Chris. That's uh, me. <laughs> you see what I did there? I put yeah. Padawan, that's funny.
1: Isn't isn't there an A in there though? Isn't it Padawan? Is it? Yeah, dollar bet. Might as Padawan. No, Padawan. P-A-D-A-W-A-N. Padawan, three syllables. Dollar okay. bet. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, but I think it might be right.
1: No, I am right. <laughs> am I looking it up or are you? I'm we're looking to, it up. We're off to a great start.
0: Yeah, it's pad one. Is it's pad one. Urban dictionary geeks use on geeks that they feel superior no. to.
1: The urban dictionary? Being called pad one suggests <laughs> you are a lesser geek. How about you actually just type in the word pad Hold on. This is I like. Comes, it comes th- up starwars.fandom.com slash wiki. <laughs> like the, the actual, not Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary Wait. is where I go for like weird euphemisms for sex stuff. That's where I go to Urban Dictionary for. <laughs> But this is
0: great because it was exactly how I used it.
1: Look up Blue Waffle. Being
0: called a Padawan you or lesser geek derived from Star Wars and the Jedi uh, trainees called padwans. Using padwan on someone inadvertently makes you look like the real padwan. <laughs>
1: So yeah, so you're yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And, so, by, and but, by the way, Steve, you are three hours behind me, not ahead of me. Three hours behind me.
0: Now on the Wikipedia, it's Padawan. Yes. And
1: every other but, Star Wars but, related <laughs> website besides Urban Dictionary.
0: But the context in which I used it was correct.
1: Padawan. No. no.
0: Per Urban Dictionary. No. no. Wrong. Dollar V plus push. Seven. That a, a push. A push. That, that is, not is not a push. That is totally a push. Uh huh. All right. Well, if, in case you haven't guessed, Matchwoods <laughs> is a uh, a pop culture slash nostalgia podcast. Where my brother and I argue about stuff. Uh, in this episode, uh-huh. we are going to uh, take on Star Wars. I say argue. We really don't argue that much, except for just just then. Um, if we do disagree, like we just did, you witness what we would call a Dimwit Challenge. It's a dollar bet. I never win. Uh, <laughs> Chris <laughs> is arguably up seven dollars now, but I would. I would argue that my my context on Padawan was correct, but nonetheless, no. it's yeah. in the Star Wars universe. It's Padawan.
1: Just like your trivia question was about New Edition and not Belva DeVoe. No, it was about Belva DeVoe and not New Edition, Steve. I know. I know what it was about. I wrote it. I know, and it was wrong. I like you thought old R and B was my, my wheelhouse, not, not old school hip hop. Like it's old school. Uh,
0: it's a, R&B. a blurry
1: line, isn't it? <laughs> okay, you want to go down that path? I don't know if you want to do that, dude.
0: But who came first, New Edition? Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you new know, did, new, they were you like know new Edition. You know, yes. New Edition. Do you want be- to know all the names of the people in New Edition, Steve? No, we did. We did this back on episode. What? Bobby uh, Brown, Johnny Gill, Keith Sweat, d-
0: Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> we did this back in season <laughs> six, episode seventeen, or I think that's when we did the first one. Oh, whatever. Anyways, we take it. We took a couple weeks off. Chris uh, was down with the. Uh, with the mouse uh, in Orlando, so, oh hail the mouse! So, kind of want to hear about that. And really, what we thought we would do on this episode is talk specifically uh, about Star Wars because Chris just went to Galaxy's Edge, and I, I'm going to um, I'm going to go there and, and take Charlie, my 13 year old son. We're going to go there as a father son trip in in April.
1: Okay, so wait, before we even get into that, Steve, I'm going to lay out the rules according to the girl that was working the Rise of Resistance. Now, full disclosure, I did not get on Rise of Resistance. We went to Hollywood Studios twice, and both times they were sold out, and we were going to go back a special time the day we were leaving – Just so I could try to get back on, and we woke up and it was raining. So we were not able to get on Rise of Resistance. But I spoke to the one girl who was working the ride. I said, All right, so say hypothetically, I really, really wanted to get on this ride. She goes, Okay, this is what you do. they open the park at 7, Steve. The rides don't actually open till 8 o'clock. So you have to yep. get, you have to check into the park. You have to be swiped in on the premises of the park itself. It, you don't necessarily have to be in Galaxy's Edge, but you have to be in Hollywood Studios. You have to be through the gate so you're registered as on it. You don't yep. want to use the Wi-Fi. Everybody at that time uses the Wi-Fi, so you don't want to use the Wi-Fi, you want to be on your data service. At about 7.45, they ring these bells in the park itself to let you know that they are now registering for boarding passes. So what you want to do is you don't want to have the app up. Disney has their own specified app where you can get fast passes, you can check wait times, you can book dinners, all of this stuff interactively through their website or through their app. You do not want to have the app open because that registers that you're already trying to get on before ahead of time it's something about their coding so you want to make sure as soon as you hear that bell is when you open the app for the first time and that way you should be able to get on rise resistant it sold out no joke steve within seven minutes every morning or every day that we were
0: there and were you there at seven like were no. you in the gates uh... no the the first
1: we didn't know that the first time so the first time we were there, we got there at like 11 and it said by the time like we got up and we're getting ready and I, I looked at the the app and it was like, yeah, we are no longer accepting boarding passes. But I from what I understand, that doesn't even guarantee that you get on because I guess it's like a lottery from that, from that point forward. So you just register to get in a possibility of getting on the ride. And I, but I remember she explained all this to me. She was like, these are the tips. And I was like, is it worth it? And she looked at me and she looked out at my Millennium Falcon t shirt that I was wearing and she looked back up and she goes, yeah, it's worth it. I said, for real? She was like, yes. She was like, I used all of my favors because they, like, they didn't get to write it early. They had to actually go through the process and then they could report back and, you know, tell them where the flaws were and stuff like that. She was like, I waited over four hours and I work for this place. And I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, fair enough. So, i wanted to get that out there before i forgot so when you guys go right. there don't use the wi-fi in park it, it helps when you're like waiting in line you can play games and stuff like that for like right. all the rides that are all interactive but don't use the wi-fi don't have the app open and get there and be checked in to the park by no later than seven thirty.
0: but you want to have the app downloaded like oh yeah the login yeah. and all that you, stuff ready to you go just do so so want you basically to have it active Open up and go. You might yeah. even want to practice. Okay, I got you.
1: you. You just want to have it. You don't want to have it open and then refresh because it shows that you've already been trying or something along those lines. She was like, "Just have it closed completely. Have it completely closed and open it as soon as you hear those bells. It'll like, it's like a PA announcement. Like this train's going to be running on this time. It'll it'll make like a ding <laughs> ding noise and then it'll say we are now. And as soon as you hear that, open the app and then. Wow. Then it's just luck of the draw, pretty much. You have about seven minutes.
0: <laughs> so, Good lord! Right? All right. Well, you know, I did get a. You know, I'm I'm all about doing stuff like that. Like get me there early, get me dialed in. That's how I got the autographed Shepherd Ferry, Chuck D. poster. It was one of 300. I was like on, logged in, hit and refresh five minutes before they went on sale, and they sold out in like 30 seconds.
1: Sure. Okay, Steve, that so, is a, a, as big of a following as Chuck D. and and <laughs> Shepherd Ferry may have, and as many people are probably waiting for that, Steve. Like, oh, I know. The, it was the middle of February, which is supposed to be the down season, and that place was packed to the gills. Yeah.
0: And I'm going during spring break, so so we're going to go, and we're not going to Orlando. We're going to Anaheim, right? Because it's a little closer for us here in Seattle. So Clearly. check th- check this out. So you think you think me getting the time zone thing is is wrong? So mm-hmm. I, I should apologize to Chris on air. Um, we were we you know he'd been gone. We were going to do the podcast, and I was like, hey, he's like I can do it at two o'clock. For some reason, I'm thinking. Oh, two o'clock Eastern Time is five Pacific Time. (laughs) And I was all geared up to do it at five. Oh, and then I was like, oh, wait, that's backwards. When yeah. I texted Chris and I was like, hey, what, well, are you still good to go? And you're like, yeah. you mean in the past? Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I told you specifically because, like, I have a family. I have a child. And, like, they left. And so I had the house to myself completely quiet for two and a half hours, three hours from two o'clock till five o'clock. And then you texted me, like, you still good for two? I was like, do you mean five? <laughs>
0: You know, well, yeah. I i'm at five my time so you think that's bad i last weekend now in my defense i was booking ticket i booked i was like a travel agent last weekend booking t- tickets for Janine and maya to go to chicago to book janina her sister to go somewhere so when it came time to book for charlie and i because it's just gonna be a father-son trip to go to anaheim during spring break booked the tickets i used um I use some like miles, like like uh, credit card points yep. to do it, and I use Marriott points because I travel all the time for work. It was all sweet. Did that on Sunday. I was like thir- Friday morning at work. I'm getting ready to plan a business trip, and I was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't go to that conference that I'm scheduled to go for because mm-hmm. I'm going to be in Anaheim." Then I was like, mm-hmm. "Wait a second, that's not spring." Br- I scheduled the trip for the wrong week. At a boy, I bought plane
1: tickets <laughs> and
0: everything for the my week older, after. My older, more mature,
1: older brother. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. So,
0: big shout out to Alaska Airlines <laughs> and the fact that I'm MVP Gold status. Uh, I called up. Uh, first of all, I called Chase, and the woman from Chase was like she. I don't know. I I would say zero empathy, zero excitement in what she was doing. She sounded like she might have been, I don't know, maybe mid, late 60s. Really nice, but she was matter of fact. She's like, oh, yeah, okay, I found your flights. You can take the same exact flights a week sooner. There will be a $125 change fee and then the difference in fare will amount to 1200 And I was like, what? <laughs> you just to slide down under like, the radar there? $1,200. I was like, okay, I don't need the exact same flights. And she's like, okay, well, I can connect you through Portland. And she goes on and she's typing all this stuff. And it's like another 10 minutes. She's like, okay, I can do that. You can fly from Seattle to Portland, which is like flying from Erie to Pittsburgh. <laughs> right? It's like a 40-minute flight. And then you fly to Anaheim. She does all that punches in. It. She's like, oh, good. She's like sounding like semi excited. Uh, yeah, well, I can get you on that flight. And these are the times, like it's like I'm gonna we're gonna miss like a whole day because it's like instead of leaving in the morning, we're gonna get there at night. And the difference was eleven hundred dollars. I was like, I think you're missing the point. And she's like, well, you know, you, you could you know you could try calling Alaska. And I was like, oh shit. And I called Alaska like the, the special MVP line. Yeah. And and Dana there at Alaska totally hooked me up. Yeah. Waved, waved the, waved the it, fee. Everything. I did have to
1: pay stupidity fee. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I did have to pay a little bit of a fare, but it, it was not eleven hundred dollars. It was like two hundred dollars yeah. change. Which again, I was there were free tickets, so <laughs> two hundred bucks yeah. was nothing. But yeah, that exactly. was that was a little panic moment. I was like, all right, so my thirteen year old son's gonna be completely disappointed. <laughs> Because... Steve, my uh, my other piece of
1: advice, dude, is do as much legwork as you can in advance. Make a hierarchy of the the rides that you want to go on, and see what fast passes you can get because you can book fast passes up to like three months in advance. I think Aaron started booking all these months and months in advance, and like the whole time we were there, after I spoke, so we went to Hollywood Studios the second day, yep. and so the after i spoke to that girl she gave us other tips she was like all right try this keep refreshing the the app over and over again cuz people will cancel their fast passes so even though it says it's sold out someone might cancel but in that second that you didn't refresh the app someone else may have booked it so we were able to get a couple ones that we were waiting in line for like we we got in line Mm -hmm. for i think it was slinky dog dash and it was like an 85 minute wait which isn't terrible in the grand scheme of giant amusement parks but as we got in line erin goes nope fast pass and i was like wait what and she just turned around we walked out of the the regular standby line walked in the easy or fast pass and got on within 10 minutes 15 minutes Oh wow! Nice. Yeah, so that's use the app to your advantage and do as much legwork as yeah. possible. Just well, because. so we
0: we went to Disney two years ago, Disney in Anaheim. We went two years ago, um, and there's you know it's much smaller than Florida, sure. right? I mean, but it's got a lot of the same rides, and and, and there's a the Galaxy's Edge there, but they they have two parks. They have the California, I think it's California Adventure, and whatever the other one is, and you got we got both passes. I think we only went for a day. Mm-hmm. Right, but we did a solid day because the kids were a little bit older. Sure. We didn't do the fast pass, um, but we, I think, we, we, we banged through everything we wanted to do. We ate at the uh, that restaurant there by Pirates of the Caribbean where oh. it makes it feel like you're outside because the boats are going around you. Okay. Um, we did that whole thing, it was it, you know, it, it wasn't bad. So when we go back, like our, our purpose in going, honestly, if we did nothing other than Charlie build one of those $200 lightsabers, <laughs> I think he would be thrilled. Okay. Like he is hell bent on. I I built a lightsaber last weekend out of PVC pipe, (laughs) like and not not a full saber, just the hilt, so he could use it for his cosplay for Comic Con, which is coming up in March. Like he is completely immersed in Star Wars, but he's really hyper fixated on lightsabers, the the building of lightsabers, what people like who had what sabers and all the uniqueness and all the stories behind like the lightsabers within the the Star Wars universe so that's kind of his thing he's saving his allowance to go there and build and buy a lightsaber
1: Hmm. fair enough that's something I would have done at 13 like I was I remember I had saved we had talked about on the podcast before when I wanted to buy the stormtrooper armor when we went when I was like 13 I had saved up a couple hundred bucks to pay for half and then dad was supposed to pay for the other half and they backed out on me (laughs) I was furious. It's the maddest I think I've ever been as, like, a t- early teenager. But I did, but so, I did, I did so, get oh, the sorry. blue milk. I did get the blue milk, and you can also get a shot of rum put in the blue milk. There's blue milk and green milk you can get at the, the bar in Galaxy's Edge. I recommend the blue. Blue's better.
0: The blue milk, like that stuff from, like, The Last yeah. Jedi? Yep.
1: No. The, not that's that's the, that's the teat milk, whatever. He, he, he <laughs> I is, was like, no, really, was, you really wanted that? Like he, he got in it the at nurse the can, mate. cantina in the first one. Oh, remember? Okay. Or no, they they drink it when they're sitting at dinner with uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. Oh, he right, right. The right blue, yeah, the blue, the blue milk. Yeah, you can get you can get blue milk. It's a it's a smoothie, basically. It's, I think the green is more like a kiwi banana, <laughs> right? and, and blue, the blue, blue is blue. more like. It's like a tropical, tropical Blueberry, fruit. Blueberry, blue raspberry, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you can get a shot of rum in it. So I got a shot of rum in mine and walked around Star Wars land
0: drinking right. So, alcohol. first of all, Galaxy's Edge. Thumbs up, thumbs down.
1: <sighs> thumbs up, yeah. I'm not going to say that. It, but it's just not that big. You know what I mean? Right, because like,
0: that's the thing, right? Because it's like... It's two, two rides. Two rides. That's two it. rides, the cantina, the build a lightsaber thing. there's and a build, the build a droid. A droid. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, like... The line for the cantina was ridiculously long, and it didn't even... Like, it had, like, small plate bar food. Like, you couldn't get a full meal there. It wasn't like a restaurant. It was... So, like, they just kind of pushed you through. It was... The set design and all the architecture and all the little details are amazing. and it feels like you're walking through... It feels like you're in Star Wars. Like, the whole... Everything around it is... All the little, like, the bathrooms have the cool futuristic doors. Like, everything's designed to make you fully immersed in the Star Wars universe, which is awesome, but it gets stale. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just not, it's not as expansive as you think. But, like, walking around the corner and seeing two <laughs> seeing two stormtroopers walking towards you and then calling them fascists and then having the one turn and call me rebel scum was awesome. Like, it gave me this little like the guy next to me just started laughing. Like they have programmed things. Like obviously they can't say whatever they want, and most of them like they're not antagonistic. But I think they they have certain responses that they can say. Yeah, yeah, they're and, they're in character. Yeah, exactly. But they're not going to be like the stormtroopers are a little bit more friendly than what you see. It's more like just police that they have walking around there mm-hmm. rather than. The fascists that they're supposed to be, but I called the one a fascist and he stopped mid-step and he turned and looked at me and he hit something on his gun or his visor or something and it said rebel scum and I, was, I just started laughing and then I walked away but the, the immersiveness is really awesome and then walking around the corner, I sent you the picture, when you walk around the corner and there's the Millennium Falcon built to scale with all the scorch marks and the damaged satellite on the top and the gun mm-hmm. turrets and the, the cockpit and Dude, just it, it, it. Aaron laughed just because I just had to smile. It was 85 degrees and I was boiling, was surrounded <laughs> by tourists drinking a smoothie with rum in it in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of Orlando, Florida, and I couldn't have been I couldn't have been more happy. I had my five year old son who had his Star Wars T shirt on, and he was looking around in like this amazement, and you can't replicate that kind of experience. So I'm never right. going to downplay that. It's just not. There's not a lot to do there if that makes sense it's more just kind of like a walking tour you can stop yeah, and build yeah. your lightsaber you can build your droid and then you can try to get on one of these two rides one that is nearly impossible to get on from all accounts that I've I've, I've seen and right. heard from other people and the second one is one of the greatest things that I've done in an amusement park Steve like I, I, I know I sent bits and pieces like little quips and things like that when I when I went and flew it but the, so you walk in and you go in teams of six. So there's two, there's two people in the front, two people in the middle, and two people in the rear. And you get dealt cards, and each card has a different role. There's two pilots, there's two gunners, and then there's two engineers. Now, obviously, the well, I don't know how we did it. The very first time, we waited till real late in the day. Like every time we looked, it was like a 200 minute wait. And it's, yeah, dude. Like how much? And you can't get fast passes for those. Like that's one of the ones that you just can't get at Fast Pass is yep. four. So you have to wait. So I was like, I can't expect my five-year-old son to wait for four hours to ride a four-minute ride. Like, I can't. <laughs> I just can't right. do that to him. So we're like, all right, fair enough. So we went and we did Toy Story stuff. And then we went and we got... Do we went to... So we were right next to our Star Wars land in Orlando. As you're walking up there, there's this little section over to the left that doesn't seem to get the foot traffic that it used to before Star Wars existed. But it was the Muppet. It was the Muppet section of town where it looked like the Muppet show. It looked like the outside of the theater. We went and had dinner at uh, Rizzo's Pizzeria. So it was like all the rats <laughs> were in the
0: wall. <laughs> right, right.
1: So like, we walked over there and sat down and ate. And as we were sitting and eating, I pulled up the app and I looked. I was like, okay, it dropped to 85 minutes. And I was like, okay. And so I put it down to a theater. We goofed around a little bit. We went and we walked around and looked at the Muppet stuff. And I pulled it up again and it was down to 45 minutes. I was like Aaron, it's forty-five minutes. Like it was, it was getting towards the end of the night, and I was like, I got to get on, even if you guys want to go do other stuff. I'm going to go wait in line. As we're walking over there, it dropped another ten minutes. It was thirty-five minutes when we first got in line, so we're like, all right, walked immediately right into. And the the waiting areas of these places are all the newer rides, at least, are all designed to be interactive. So you're walking through like a. The back alley or the back part of a garage that, like, fixes starships. So there's, like, a a hyperdrive that they're working on, like, laid out with, like, tools next to it. There was, like, a table that had, like, that card game that they played in Solo. That, oh, yeah, that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all that stuff. So it's completely, all the set design and all the, the detail that goes into it can occupy a 40-year-old man-child who's been obsessed with Star Wars. But a five-year-old would get bored quick. So right, we finally get up there, and we, and we get up. And so the guy hands me, and he looks at my shirt, and I'm wearing my Millennium Falcon shirt. And he looks at Brody, and Brody's wearing his Star Wars shirt. And he goes, is this your first time on it? And I said, yeah. And he pulls the two pilot cards out, and he hands them to me and Brody. And I turn to Erin, and she takes this picture, and I look like I'm a five-year-old. I look like I'm Brody's age. (laughs) And so they walk you through this pitch-perfect, identical replica from what I can piece together from my memories of the walkway leading to the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And Steve, I, I, I was running my hands Along the walls, like I was Han walking on in Force Awakens again, like when he first says, like he sees it again and he puts his hand. I was doing that the entire way up and Aaron goes, I haven't seen you like this in such a long time. And then you (laughs) walk in to the cockpit itself and it looked exactly what you thought. The it had the, the the silver lever to jump you to hyperspeed, and it has the, the the metal dice hanging from the the little visor, and all the buttons and everything look identical. So you sit down, and there's one one pilot on the left controls your left and right, and I was on the right hand side, and I controlled the up and down, and I got to pull the lever. To send us the hyperspeed. And, Steve, when I did that and it started flashing and it does the same special effects of the 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 movie and all the lights, the stars start blurring past <laughs> you, Steve, I literally almost wept. I was so happy. <laughs> I, was just, I was just like I, – and I just turned and I turned to Aaron and I turned to Brody and Brody has the same look of awe and joy on his face that I did. And I, I do, I think it was one of the happiest moments that I've had. And of course, like it's super interactive, super fun as a pilot The we ran it. We wrote it again afterwards and we got gunner and it's, it's fun, but you're, you're pressing buttons on like the side of the cockpit and you're not watching out the cockpit itself, like through the windshield and watching how great the, the visual effects are and how the ship moves and everything like that. So it's fun. You can't control it as much doing the other two roles. Like the Aaron did was engineer once, and then she was gunner once. And like, it it shoots, but it's not like you're (laughs) sitting in the gunner seat with the the headset on and trying to try it. Like that would have been cool. But sitting, if you get pilot, And you get to pull that lever, Steve, like you will, you will feel like you're 10 years old again and just the sheer joy. And when we walked off the first time, like I was happy and so was Brody and I'm holding him and he just, we walk outside and he goes, Hey dad, can we go again? And I looked at him (laughs) and I looked at the wait, and it said 20 minutes. And I was like, you're damn right, kid. We're going, man. <laughs> like, Aaron, go get something to drink. Go text whatever you want to do. I was like, we're going back on if you don't want to go. She was like, I'll go. And she was like, I'll go call my mom. And then when you guys come out, you can we can talk to my mom. I was like, all right, fair enough. So we went back in, and the whole time Brody's smiling and looking around and doing That's everything. Awesome. And it's just yeah. We have like crappy video because you're really not supposed to take it. And like Aaron didn't <laughs> lock her focus before, but it's the the moment where I pull. The silver leaf. Like, I actually take a second and, like, ran my hand up it and then, like, kind of cupped it real slow. (laughs) And And Erin just goes, she was like, it was. It was like watching two five-year-olds play in a sandbox. And it was, it was. But that's. It brought that 35 years of being obsessed with a movie franchise came rushing back. Like, that was viewership habits have changed so much that I don't think there's ever going to be a movie that I watch as repeatedly as I watched the original trilogy because they were on all the time or if they weren't on, we had them on video we had them on V, you know, and we VHS. didn't have a lot of choices. Like we they, didn't have like exactly.
0: a, a, we didn't have Netflix. We didn't have whatever unlimited streaming. We had like we had the the what we recorded off of HBO. Quite frankly, or, or you had TBS movie marathons,
1: or you had yeah. all, oh, oh no, did I did I catch New Hope at the beginning? Well, it looks like I'm sitting here for the next nine hours. All <laughs> all right. Cancel baseball. I'm not going to ride bikes today because the trilogy's on. Like that's just so. All of those feelings came rushing back, and yeah. I hope it's the same when you guys do it but just take a moment and just savor it run your hand along the oh yeah
0: no i'm looking forward to it i mean and think about star wars as like just that whole franchise what started in like 77 with that movie and and now i mean with as many movies as they have and we're on what is that three generations yeah give or take or at least two right i mean our dad wasn't super into Star Wars but we are and 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 and, and our kids are and you know, I even think th- about and I think about Vince, right? So Vince is twenty five. He he came across Star Wars with uh um, The prequels Phantom Menace. Yeah. Right? I mean the the prequels, but you know what I mean. Like but there's there's a whole there's like everybody's got their own they come into Star Wars at some point and it's gonna keep going, right? So sure. you know Brody's experience is different than Charlie's experience and different than even Yours and mine. Yeah. Brody's
1: experience is going to be completely different than mine. Like, he hasn't even seen any of the movies yet. He's only watched some of the animated stuff. And, like, I haven't even really watched any of the animated stuff. So, like, all of that expanded universe stuff is what's getting him into it. And then I get to introduce him to the originals. Like, I can't wait for that.
0: Exactly, and there is so much. Like I, you know, I've been watching. So this is what I want to talk about a little bit in this one, and then again, we're going to make this a two parter. We'll we'll kind of just cover off on some of the, the kind of our generation's experience with Star Wars a little bit, and then next next week we'll have uh, Charlie on to talk about his experience and maybe even give you a a quiz because there is so much now, right? So I think the, the purists will say that quote unquote canon. Is really the movies, right? I think when you look at ultimately what is the core canon, it's it's the movies. It's the movies that the the movies that they've made, um, and then from there, there's some really good, like the Clone Wars is good. Yeah, I watch I've watched some of that with, and Charlie rewatched the whole thing because the new season comes out this week. The final season of Clone Wars comes out, um, and it's got some really cool because you can you can just do stuff with. A twenty episode animator, I guess it's twelve episodes for the last season. 12, 12 episode animated uh, format that you can't do in a in a movie that you know you can where you can do one movie every three or four years. You know, so uh, it just gets into some cool stuff, and you get more backstory, and you get other stuff. And it's the other reason, I, I and, and they've done such a magnificent job with Mandalorian where they found this way to capture the magic of the movies but do it in something that's like what was it eight episodes or six episodes i think it was six right yeah but six episodes for the first season so that was like what six hours give or take no they were
1: they were only like 42 minutes
0: so it was only like it was only like three hours yeah but they're able to do that and then they're going to reload and we're going to see season two is going to come in in october of this year is it yeah. And
1: then they'd already, I think they already talked about doing a movie. Like, might as well. Like, I don't – like we said – we talked about it before. No more Skywalker. No more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me, no, d- done with that.
0: But the, but they really went into – and again, I haven't watched – all. like, I'm not. Like, There's people that live and breathe and have seen everything. Sure. And, and I'm getting some of that just because I sit and watch some of the stuff with Charlie and watch the, the Clone Wars. They get into, like – you get the whole – like, again, we talked about this on one of the episodes of the podcast – like Darth Maul didn't die. Yeah. No, he got cut in half. He came back and then he's got this complex relationship with the emperor and he's kind of friendly with, um, with Ben Kenobi and all that. Like there's this whole, there's a whole thing that, um, that that character comes back and you just learn all this other stuff and you learn more about the Sith and you learn more all this stuff where they just kind of drop the Sith in, in whatever movie that is, the, the, was it the Clone Wars or which one was the one Darth Maul was in. Personal, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. He was the best part of Phantom Menace. Yeah, so you I mean, kind of drop he, him good. in, but then he immediately gets killed. And you're like, gonna... well, why? Why can there be only two? And this would be one of Charlie's trivia questions for you. So I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, a, a hint on this. Like, why is there only two? And, and what happened to the Sith?
1: Isn't
0: like in it... the Old Republic. Yeah, I don't. Okay, I'll have to look that up. I don't really. They killed each other. Like they completely turned on each other, and they completely killed the race. So they could now there could only be two to balance it out. Like there can't. They were they got power hungry, and they started killing each other, and that's why there can be only two, not one, not three, only two. Because and you would never get that. They kind of said that once in Phantom Menace. They're like, oh, there's got to be two. And you're like, oh, who's the other one? Oh, it's the Emperor. Right, so you get some of that. You get more of that backstory development, and it, it, it's kind of cool. And I, I like the stuff that they're doing again. To, and we've we've killed this on the podcast. Is the the Skywalker story is done? It's probably it's overdone, right? Yeah. That 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 arc, which was great. And um, you know, uh, th- this whole thing with Disney Plus, we have access to all these now. And and I'm sure you've seen this. And Charlie and I've been watching it. We didn't finish it, but the Empire of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Docu-series or documentary where they go, like, Star Wars wasn't almost even made. And when, like, it, had, it was so wrought with problems, like, it almost didn't see the screen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it was, like, the, the tech didn't work. They're trying to shoot in, what, tan, Tanzania or whatever Tanzania. in 120-degree heat. Now, I don't think it was Tanzania. No, it was, I think Tunisia. Was. Tunisia, that's it. Yeah, because
1: that, that's still there. The, oh, yeah, yeah, the-, like, the Uncle Owen's homestead out in the middle of nowhere is still there. It's all destroyed and stuff, but you can actually still go visit it. I think they they went and cleaned it up or something. A bunch of nerds, and now it's like blocked off, and you can take tours and stuff. But yeah, Tunisia. But the, I mean, the fact that they even exist because George Lucas couldn't get the rights to Flash Gordon, so he had to make his <laughs> own. Like that, that just that simple. That simple series of events that well not necessarily simple but the the simple fact that he couldn't get the rights to this cheesy, this cheesy like early fifties comic book cartoon series, and had to write his own version of it, and then made this, this perfect mix of weird space opera and samurai or western and and samurai movie, and all of this weirdness right. mixed together, and having it click perfectly the way it has and still inspire people 40 years later is
0: yeah and but when you like we were watching right before the podcast actually Charlie and I were watching some of the Empire of Dreams like it, it he tried to make the hardest movie for 1976 mm-hmm. right with the technology like he was doing things That weren't available technology wise, right? So he had to found industrial light magic, right? To do all the special effects. Yeah. Um, Yeah, wait. So he he actually had a, he actually tried, you know, after, um, was it uh, THX 1138? Yeah. Right. So he did that with Coppola's. um, So that was a student film that Lucas did. And then Francis Ford Coppola started his own uh, production company. And the first thing they did was THX 1138. And. (laughs) The, the the like the the studio that backed it after they saw it they like we want our three hundred thousand dollars back so that whole kind of imploded that whole thing then he made American Graffiti and and ultimately he was like these studios won't like they want too much control so he went and started Lucas what well, I think what they called Lucas Films or whatever Lucas um, yeah and, and and just like I'm doing this all myself. Um, I've got, you know, like I want the rights. I want the creative control. I want the merchandising. Like yeah. I want and at the time he just wanted posters. It was posters and something else posters and t-shirts. That's all he wanted. And it was funny in that movie, they show him, he's selling first edition, um, limited run copies of posters for a dollar 75. <laughs> I wonder what one of those posters is worth now. Like sure. it's got the wrong font and everything. Yeah. Like it's. Like, early, early. So he, he had to create all of this. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes give Lucas a bad rap because of, you know, just some of the other, like, as as this thing went on and it almost became, I don't want to say a parody of itself because it's all good. But, like, you forget, like, you know, like, you look back at that movie that was built, like, look at anything else sci-fi-wise. It was built in 1977. <laughs> Yeah, it looks and, ridiculous now, like Logan, yeah. Logan's run or, well. Yeah, and somehow that still holds up. And I know he's gone back and tinkered with it and all that stuff, but watching the behind-the-scenes and the fact that, like, nothing was easy. Everybody was in a costume, yeah, right? I mean, think about how shooting just to get the, um, the guy that played R2-D2, the guy who played uh, C-3PO, the guy, um, Peter... Uh, Mayhew. Peter Mayhew to do Chewbacca. I mean hours worth of makeup and, and and work just to get into then to shoot. Like they just, they, they took the hardest route possible to make this movie and we're under tremendous pressure, but they, they pulled it off. Steve, that's
1: why like it, it's not going to sound like a, a, a natural aside, but watch Dolomite is my name because that the entire story is what you just described as what George Lucas went through. Rudy Ray Moore went through To to create the character of Dolomite and, and end up making a movie with a bunch of his friends. All of that. I love stories about people that surround themselves with people that they trust and can do good work. And they persevere through just the biggest avalanche of pratfalls that you could possibly imagine on a film production set and then still be able to triumph through just sheer will. And and talent, yeah. so but like that's we always talk about like yeah George Lucas couldn't figure find a place to do special effects, so he just built his own company. <laughs> it's the same thing with Spielberg. Spielberg was like, I can't find a place that wants to do all these special effects, so here you go. Here's Industrial Light and Magic. Here, here's a brand right. new, and now it's the the you know the 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 pantheon of the greatest special effects studios that ever existed. And like yeah. it just didn't exist. You look at. The opening crawl of Star Wars and how they had to shoot it. And it was like a guy pulling like a transparent thing over a black (laughs) screen. And now it's a plug-in you get with iMovie. Like it's just a plug-in. You can type in whatever you want and to see how far and what they had to do. And yeah, just the perfect confluence of events creates a masterpiece that's still creating
0: a universe 40 years later. so. Yeah, and you watched the? Uh, have you watched
1: Empire Dreams, or have you watched it recently? Not recently. I've watched it bits and pieces, but no, not not oh recently. My God, the, the
0: the freaking that's where they have the screen test with Kurt Russell. Yep. reading for <laughs> reading <laughs> for is he reading for Han or is he reading for
1: Luke? He's, reading, he's reading for Han. For, no, because Will, William Cat, the greatest American hero, is reading for Luke with him.
0: Oh really? I I, I I missed that part, but yeah. and Han um, Harrison Ford is reading, but he's like, I don't want anybody that I've worked with before. So Han's just doing the sides, like he's helping the people that are, in, you know, they have the the Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. she's reading. It's like, oh, that's not like you could, like they made good choices, and they and like the studio was like, you have three unknown actors, and then an Oscar winner in Alec uh, Alec Guinness, yeah. like who <laughs> thought it was and, Jewish. And like he picked the like i said he picked the hardest route possible to make a movie with robots with special effects with all this stuff mm-hmm. and you know and it, it still holds up and it still i think to you and i it, it's kind of it's it's rooted in like our childhood like yep. i you know the somebody asked me to this day what was your like your like the, your favorite toy that you had as a kid and, and or top five and it was you know we had the figures and everything but I, I remember this long. It was almost like the Red Rider BB gun for me was the Han Solo pistol that made sounds. Yeah. Do you remember I had that? I do the the replica. Like I remember going to get that gun. Like and that had to be I don't know thirty five years ago, maybe more thirty eight mm-hmm. years ago. I remember going to Doll Kempers <laughs> on uh, thirty uh, on on Pete Street. We went to. After we got it, we went to Pizza Hut. <laughs> of course, also on 38th Street, I think we went. I can't remember which Pizza Hut we went to. Right, we got to sit down, get a pan pizza, drink out of the red glasses, get some soda, whatever. And I just remember that gun, and I was like, it was. I was the, probably the happiest I've ever been with any type of acquisition. Probably to this day. Like I don't know what it was, but it was like it was such a cool toy. But it was also like I was I was Han Solo.
1: Wait until you pull the silver lever, dude. Just wait. <laughs> just, just make sure if you can, if you get pilot, say I want right. Say I just want right. I want right pilot because that's the one you control the the pitch and the yaw. You go up and down, and you get to pull the lever. So, but yeah, that you'll get that feeling again, man. I'm telling you.
0: All right. <laughs> well, so again, I, any I wanted to kind of keep this one short, a because I got to go eat dinner, and, and, and <laughs> I have to and, go to B, bed it's late for you. Um, one other thing I did want to touch on, though, just, you know, where where we you look at this. I don't know if you knew this. Maybe you did. Um, a lot of the stuff going on in the Star Wars universe now from, like, so if you look at Clone Wars Rebels, some other Mandalorian, there was a web series called uh, uh, what, Forces of Destiny. There's another one that was called Star Wars Resistance. Um, but there's a guy named Dave Filani. Filani, yep. That is from Mount Lebanon in Pittsburgh. He's like our age. He's 45. Hey, he Went writes the... the comics, doesn't he? No, no. He, he's he's the head of Lucasfilm's animation division. He's in charge of everything now. And he wrote – He so he directed episode one of Mandalorian, and he wrote and directed episode five of Mandalorian, which is the first live-action stuff that he's done. He did, I think, all the seasons of Clone Wars. He did – Rebels seasons one, two, and four, and then he, he got promoted during season three, I think, and he hired someone to do it. Um, but he's from Pittsburgh and went to Edinburgh. Isn't
1: he the the creator of the dark saber?
0: I don't know if he created it. I uh, think but... he did. It didn't exist. <laughs> right. It
1: didn't exist. He's the one that came up with it. There was something that they were just. There was one of the nerd sites I was on. They were just arguing about something that he created for it. I forget what it was, and it was something about... I thought it was the Darksaber, but I'm not going to be able to find it now. So we'll come back to that in part two.
0: He's most associated with developing the characters of uh, Ashoka, right, from Clone Wars, and Captain Rex.
1: Okay. Yeah, Osaka. That's the one Um, that uh, Rosario Dawson is
0: campaigning to play. And he also did, like, season one of The Last Airbender, which is one of my favorite animated... (laughs) Things of recent other than gargoyles. And he went to Edinburgh. He went to Edinburgh, and there's a video out there. I'll have to find it. There's a video of him being interviewed, and he's wearing one of Dan's Commonwealth Press t shirts. <laughs> like this awesome. says, I th- either says sports in the Pittsburgh font or. He would have been uh, there at the same time Jen would have been there. 95, yeah, he graduated in 95, yeah. I think, right? um Yeah, Jen would have been there then. He graduated in 96. Yeah,
1: Jen would have been there. I graduated high school in 97. Yeah. So Jim would have been there funny you need to ask her if she knows anybody yeah. named Dave Filoni <laughs>
0: from, from Western PA and he's in charge of pretty much the, a big chunk of what's going on with Star Wars that's pretty cool yeah. well, that's pretty shout funny. out to him anyways alright so that'll wrap it up I think for uh, season 8 episode 4 this is our Star Wars uh, featurette part 1 we'll be doing part 2 we'll bring my son Charlie on next week uh, if I can get my times with Chris right mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we can get on um, and get back into our regularly scheduled routine. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MatchWits or you can follow Chris independently mm-hmm. at uh, at AcquiredWit. Uh, go to our website, MatchWits.com. And with that, Chris. I bid you a do. Later. See See ya.